welcome to the Dissociated Press Podcast. I'm David Fierce. Today I got to interview my friend Rihanna. We recently became friends uh, within the last year or so on social media, and this is the first time we ever got to speak in person. We covered a lot of great topics, and I just uh, sincerely had a lot of fun recording this episode with her. Um, I think you'll have a lot of fun listening to it. I hope you enjoy it. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and a few others. Uh, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. If you can, share it with a friend if you hear anything that you think might be helpful. I'd really appreciate it, and so would my guests. Thank you so much. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. <laughs> well, nice to finally meet you in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, how would you, okay. Uh, you can use a fake name if you want to, but you probably don't want to because you probably want to plug your, uh, your TikTok stuff. So, uh, but, uh, just tell us who you are and, uh, how, and what pronouns should I use? I'm Rihanna, uh, she, her, and my TikTok is mommy1991. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so, um, we had talked or messaged earlier a few days, what well, I think maybe on Tuesday or something and, um, about doing this, uh, an episode together and you had brought up the fact that you had met your soulmate at 23 and then he passed away. Yeah. Um, I didn't meet him at 23. He passed away when I was 23. Oh, okay. Um, I met him when I was 15 or 16 and we were like best friends and then mm-hmm. we started dating. We, we dated for one year and one month before he died. Ugh. I'm so sorry to hear that. What did he, what, what did he pass away from? Cancer. Oh, he was a uh, FTM transgender on hormone therapy. Okay. But he developed breast cancer right in his family. Oh, that's rough. I'm sorry that happened. It's, uh, I thought I had met my soulmate <laughs> with this last one that I was with. Uh, and maybe she was. And maybe she was a soulmate for me. Um, but it wasn't until she left or until we broke up that I realized that I wasn't giving her the best version of me, or at least not the version of me that she deserved. Because, yeah. it's, you know, even though... Uh, we had rushed into a relationship and, you know, we, we laid out ground rules and everything in the beginning, uh, but we still rushed into it. We didn't have, we didn't have uh, years of friendship. We didn't have, uh, we, we hadn't even gone on dates. We just hung out a couple of times and then it was like, oh, uh, yeah, let's, let's do this. (laughs) And, uh, and, and in the beginning, one, one of the things that happened was she had a, uh, taken an accidental overdose of some medication that she was on. She was on the phone at her place just up the block and, uh, and was, you, you know, like dosing her meds in a container for the week or whatever, you know? And, and, um, and so she had this dose in her hand while she was talking on the phone and then like her brain just told her, Oh, well, these are in your hand because you need to take them. And she took them. And then she oh, came, no. yeah. And then she came over here, and like we cuddled for like 
a whole 30 seconds and then she was out like just bam just and like to the point where i was like well and the the medication that she had taken was uh, gabapentin and so it does affect your it's a neurological agent or something and and so she was like kind of (laughs) twitchy you know and I'm like and I was just like oh no what's what is this what's going on I don't I don't know what this is and I just kind of sat here for you know I was watching you know I was watching tv and stuff but just monitoring her that whole night just to make sure that she continued to keep breathing that uh you know um Anytime that she would that she would stop or gasp because she has apnea, uh, you know, and it's like it was just like, oh, is this now, do I have to do CPR now or what? And so, yes, that was that that was traumatic for me um, because yeah, that especially having a lot of you know coming out of the lifestyle that I did and knowing a lot of people that have overdosed and died from overdoses uh had one pass away just this last year you now and um and it sucks and he was a roommate that i had for you know five years ago but um yeah it that was traumatic for me and i know that me getting into like this weird depressive cycle that i just couldn't break out of uh was traumatic for her you know i'm just not seeing I'm just not seeing how she's dealing with it now because she just like yeah. just gone, you know. So, right. Yeah, you know, I and so and you know there were times when I'm just like, man, I wish, you know, yeah, I was there for her for one night, you know, and it's like I, you know, and even though she was telling me things like, oh, you know, well, you know, it, it, you're my forever and things like that, you know, it, it that's not how it played out, but. Yeah, who knows? In the who knows what the future holds? Because maybe right. things will be different later on, and I don't know. But man, losing losing somebody that you feel like you have that connection with is incredibly difficult. And not only and not only for me, you know, have, having to grieve this current relationship with somebody that I was really into, um, but. Uh, it also triggers all the past stuff, all the, all the unresolved grief that I have. It, it just brings it right back to the surface. And if that's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Monty. That was with me. Um, we had a mutual friend and she just, she tried as long as she could not to introduce us because we were literally the same person. (laughs) So she knew we were going to hit it up and she didn't want me to steal her bestie. She right. finally, almost actually, it was an accident. We ran across each other at a street dance once. And um, we became friends shortly after that. And we were literally the same person. Um, and then he got sick, and I was there. We've been through all of it. And I had such a guilt because people were like, oh, my God, you're insane for being there for him and for taking care of him until the end. And where else was I going to be? I mean... He was what I wanted, even yeah. when he wasn't going to be there anymore. So you just do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I we we've lost a lot of people in my family to cancer. Usually, that's how it, that's that's how my my tribe dies out. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it it is 
it's frustrating, especially when you see how other countries handle healthcare. Um, I remember watching, a, I, I can't remember the name of it. It's a Michael Moore film. It wasn't his Bowling for Columbine. It was the one after that where he talked about healthcare. And, uh, and I was so mad at watching that, that documentary because when my mom got cancer, my mom was diagnosed with uh, stage 3C ovarian cancer. That's when they caught it. It was already it had already progressed to that point. And she only lived a few more years. Uh, she did two, uh, two, treatments, uh, two treatment cycles of, of chemotherapy. Uh, we were pretty hopeful after the first one. But because of the insurance stuff, it, it, I, 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 I think that's what killed her. Um, she had to, so my, my stepfather worked for American airlines and he was the highest level of supervisor that you could become in the mechanics division. He was a level five supervisor. He was the guy at MSP for American airlines mechanics. And even with their, you know, like, which is, you would think they would have this awesome, health coverage, she needed three pills. She needed three pills to counteract some, you know, some adverse reactions or something to the treatment. And the copay was $300. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Monty got lucky in that aspect. He got coverage from the county and all those things because um, obviously he had to quit his job. Yeah. Stuff like that. And he did find assistance. I know there's a place um, in Eveleth. I don't know if they still do it. It's a woman that runs it out of her house. I can't remember what it was called, but she helps people pay their bills mm-hmm. when they have health issues like that, health emergencies. Um, but yeah, his treatment, his cancer, he started chemo. And then they told us that it wasn't going to work forever because when he was diagnosed, it was already stage three. So it was basically just for comfort. They got his tumor was up under here and got it down to, they said, uh, 10 points. But they wouldn't take it out, obviously, because the cancer had already spread. He lost his eyesight. He was in a wheelchair. You know, he was like this big by the time he passed. But it went into his spinal fluid and the fluid around his brain and behind his eyes. There, there wasn't too much the healthcare system could do for him at that point. But yeah, that's oh my god. America's lacking in every way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this this place is, it's 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 it's. I can't. Uh, to me, honestly, I can't imagine why anybody would still be proud to be an American. I'm not dissing, you know, America because there's a lot of great things about it. But it's at this point, it's like over the last four years, I mean, you saw the cheering that happened on, on inauguration day or not inauguration day, but on election day, yeah. the whole world cheered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. like, finally, yeah. finally we can get America on the same page as everybody else. You know? And yeah, I have, uh, right. Unfortunately, all of them got to have outdoor celebration fireworks and stuff. And we didn't No. Because well, no, we did, <laughs> and, now, and now we've killed another hundred thousand people. So we weren't yeah. supposed to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the, this is I, why we're bad. <laughs> yeah, when I say that, that I feel like the healthcare system like kind of killed my mom. You know, the strain that 
that that financial pressure put on our family of having to pay outrageous copays, you know, $300 for a fucking pill, you know, um, was it forced her to go back to work far sooner than she ever should have. And um, it, and there was in that documentary, that Michael Moore documentary, there was one guy that was had dual citizenship as an American and a, uh, and uh, a, you know a French citizen. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, he went back to France. He said, "Fuck America, I'm going back to France." He got to take okay. and like he hadn't even worked in France. They just like, you know, he just had dual citizenship from, you know, being born. And he decided to go to France. He uh, they paid for him to, uh, you know, for like covered all his bills, covered everything, you know, while he was getting treatments. He didn't have to work. And then he went to South France and recouped on a beach for like, you know, however long and <laughs> totally beat cancer like he beat it. That's it, like. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, it is. And it's like, well, why can't we do that here? Um, I mean, well, I mean, other than the it fact that America thrives on giving people cancer. <laughs> so It does, because the pharmaceutical companies are on everything. Yep. They're yeah. the bombs. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. But, yeah, watching somebody that you really love and really care about just die in such a horrible way is really traumatic and um you know i hope uh, i i hope you're able to to work through all that stuff because i i gotta tell you for somebody that i haven't really known o- online for too long i don't even know when we became friends or how we became friends or what you know and usually at this point it's because we have you know mutual friends in common and they share posts you know and it's like oh you see somebody that's kind of interesting right but you are one of my favorite personalities right now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, uh, I know. You. <laughs> <laughs> you're just a lot of fun. Like your videos are great. Your, your TikTok videos are great. They're the one, <laughs> the one you post, the one I watched just before, uh, just before I called you is the, uh, you walking around your house, like, Complete and talk asking about <laughs> how do I fix this? <laughs> do you, I mean, I'm yeah. not going to sugarcoat it. But. <laughs> Yeah. That is my life. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> so. Every decision I make comes back to bite me in the ass in some way or another. I'll power through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever need any help with that stuff, I, I kind of know some things. I've, I've worked 75 different jobs. and. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my neighbor across the street usually helps me with everything. He's like my go-to guy. Yeah. Even his girlfriend or... Amazing, but he's he messaged me. He's like, I'm right across the street, and I'm like, I know, but I don't want to bug the same person every single time. <laughs> I'd rather an array of people, yeah, than just one person. <laughs> no, that's a I, you know, I, 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 you are one of my favorite people, and I have no problems like saying that. Uh, like, we haven't even met in person, but as far as just the stuff that you post on, um, on Facebook and stuff. It's really good. It's really encouraging, not just to, uh, not just to me, but I think to a lot of people, um, I, I love the fact that you try to build other women up. You know, it's, 
and and not and it's not always just women it's you know you build me up too like when i see things that you post and it makes me feel good and it's like oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> but i appreciate um, all the compliments yes so yeah I'm trying to keep these behind tie you know yeah <laughs> well i have i've had a few people tell me that i'm one of their favorite people and it always makes me feel good i um i definitely enjoy your content Oh, thanks. <laughs> Even all the weird hot dog stuff. I mean... <laughs> this is just going to be a podcast of us complimenting each other. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, some people need to hear it because I don't, and you know this uh, because of the, you know, some of your past relationships and stuff, but there are some people that just don't know how to do it. You know? Absolutely. When you shared, uh, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here emotionally or anything, but when you shared that thing about your, uh, your ex, um, saying that he ordered you flowers just so that he could watch your disappointment when they didn't get there. That is super fucked up. Never should have happened to you. Never should happen to anybody. That's so fucking cruel. And I meant every word that I said when I said that I hope he gets punched in the dick every day. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I won't say any names, but that that was just the tip of the iceberg. He did stuff like that to me all the time, and you know, narcissists—they don't see they don't see how their actions and their words affect other people at all. To yeah. them, it's funny. It was genuinely funny to him to have me wait around for flowers one day, and then so he up. got to come home and be like, oh, you know, it's it's a whole different kind of personality. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. So I probably would have buried him in the backyard. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. Basically, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what? Yeah. So, what other stuff was happening in that? Was he ever physically abusive towards you, or uh, was he a, a, an alcoholic or a drug addict? Or no, surprisingly, um, never physically abusive. Um, it was really only verbally, um, and I'm totally going to get shit for throwing him under the bus, but I'm not going to say any names. Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows exactly who I'm talking about, but he is like the epitome of narcissist. He did all the flags. All the flags were there, and this was like an ongoing thing for so many years that it just destroyed my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I woke up one morning, and it was like, this <laughs> and I just I decided that I liked me better so awesome. that's what got me to where I am right now and trying to uplift other people and you know specifically women because men do it a lot and whether they know they're doing it or not it still destroys women so being there that's that's my goal yeah. I just want to lift people up yeah no I I, I, I'm actually starting to see a lot of changes in a lot of people towards that. And I don't know if it's just like, it has something to do with, uh, like it's the age the, of Aquarius. Yeah. Hey, fuck. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've, I've actually noticed that a lot that, um, you know, uh, yes, this coronavirus stuff was a huge blight on the face of humanity. Um, but I think in a lot of ways it has changed people 
uh, it made a lot of people realize that the time that we have on this planet is very short. You know, um, you know, I don't want to go to, I, I, like, even when I was in my last relationship, like, I never wanted to go to bed angry. You know, I, I remember uh, having a conversation with a pastor from Hibbing, and uh, he had said that one of the things, even if they, even if he and his wife had had a, an argument during that day, they would never go to bed angry at each other. And I'm like, I can't even imagine a relationship like that. I remember for the past, oh my gosh, like seven years going to bed angry every night. Yeah. The toll that that's become your body is incredible. Yeah. No, it's amazing. You don't have cancer. You know? So what am I hearing? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I was hearing something there. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, this guy actually helped me out a lot when I was, you know, early on in my marriage. Actually, there are two pastors from that church. Um, not a big church person anymore, but, uh, and, and at the time I did feel a need to go, um, because I needed, I was way too messed up. You know, I had just started dealing with, uh, the childhood abuse trauma that, you know, that it, it happened to me, you know, back when I was, you know, four, six, whatever. And, um, and had never told anybody about it. Well, you know, my, my wife and I, prior to us getting married, there was a, um, there was a lot of like sexting and stuff, uh, between us. And she didn't realize the extent of, uh, I guess the, the extent that pornography uh, played in my life um, until after we got married and because of the grooming and stuff. And then just the easy accessibility to pornographic materials growing up. Like I just thought it was normal and right. But I'd never actually met a normal person, <laughs> like somebody that actually is pretty, pretty just kind of level throughout the whole playing field. And, <clears throat> and so she was just like, she, she, saw it as, as I'm not good enough for him. Why doesn't he want me? Um, you know, what, what's wrong with me? And that I, I never saw it as that. And, you know, and it, and it kind of broke my heart that she did. Um, I'm glad she did because that's a normal response. The, the response Absolutely, that, yeah. the response that I was having was a trauma response and nobody had ever said, she was actually the first person that in my, that had come into my life that pretty much said, you don't have to, you don't have to lie anymore. You know? And, uh, and that was huge. That was huge. You know, like, um, my whole life was a lie. You know, it starts out with that one, you know, from this is our secret. You can't tell anybody kind of shit. And then, you know, it, compile that with, you know, 15 more years of fucking garbage, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, being told that I didn't have to lie anymore. I didn't have to be ashamed of who I was, what happened to me. Um, you know, that, uh, it was so helpful. It was so helpful. And I'm so glad to, that somebody like that was brought into my life, you know? be it through right. the universe or God or accidental, like whatever. I'm so grateful. And, 
she <laughs> when we got divorced it wasn't all it, it wasn't great things were really bad <laughs> things that we both had assault charges we both you know it's like we both lost our fucking gun rights because we both had assault charges and um it, like it was it was it was really bad uh but over the years and we've been divorced now for uh i don't know 13 years so um like we've just we've really been able to 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 grow past all that stuff um and a lot of my ex-girlfriends are super fucking jealous of her like for whatever reason i'm like she's fucking married she's remarried she's married to this guy that's like he's the sweetest fucking guy ever you know i'm just and and you know it's like he's yeah i i'm so happy for them um but like, and there's no reason for anybody that I, that I date or see to be jealous of my ex-wife, but cause that, I mean, that shit fucking sailed a long time ago, you know? <laughs> so right. I mean, well, even, I believe that you live and you learn from every relationship that you're in. There's, there's a lesson there, no matter how it ends, whether it's good or bad or mutual or not. Yeah. It's funny that you put that pastor thing because I am all, I'm not religious whatsoever but some of the greatest advice that i get at least weekly it's actually from monty's brother-in-law who is a pastor down in colorado <laughs> yeah he's like one of my people oh that's awesome yeah they have um yeah it's i i was going to a church up here um or in town for a while for about four years and uh was even part of the worship team doing stuff. And that was part of that was, you know, when I, when I got sober five years ago, that's kind of what I leaned into. I needed a support group. So I had, I did have support groups through like, you know, NAAA people that I knew through recovery, but then also, you know, going to church and, um, and being, a, and being an active part of things that happened there. And, it and and it was it was really helpful in the beginning but at the end i just i'm just like wait a minute these people i'm like my both of my kids are gay <laughs> and they're and they're like spouting they they don't hate quote that's air quotes for anybody listening uh, they don't <laughs> hate gay people but they certainly don't fucking accept them or love them like they should uh, right and you know, and I just like, that was, that was kind of like one of the things that I just, I'm just like, I can't, I can't be a part of this. This isn't right. I, yeah. And I do care about those people. I do. I do. I really care about them and I love them, but I just can't be a part of that. And especially when things got, you know, like I haven't been to church there probably a year and a half, but watching how it, you know, how things kind of happened over the you know the course of that last year and a half with the doubling down uh, trumpism kind of shit oh yeah i'm just like oh i'm so glad i got yeah yeah i'm like i'm just so glad i got out people is one that they don't take it to an extreme but honestly you find your support when you need it the most and i found that on tiktok that's my tribe so I mean, I can be myself there, and all the judgment I do get is 
typically from teenage white boys, so I'm not really that worried about it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who cares what they think? <laughs> so, <laughs> they're not even in your age. They're not even in your age group. So just whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, another thing that uh, I remember that this pastor had had mentioned to me um, was that was really helpful to me was that uh, that any time that you mention someone's name while you're talking, you know, about something that happened to you, it immediately takes the focus off of you and puts it on the other person. And, and so like, that's, uh, you know, when I say we don't use names and stuff, and you even said, you know, earlier, like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names. Yeah, don't ever do that. Unless it's, and there are times when you can mention a name, but if you're venting, don't. <laughs> don't. Yeah. You're reporting sexual assault, you use that name, but typically uh, yeah. any other situation probably <laughs> Yeah. That's another thing too that you just yeah, screw that fucking cop. Like whatever. Yeah. He yeah, do you want to tell your story about that? Um yeah, I can. Okay. I have a hard time remembering exactly how many years ago it was. I feel like maybe around five years ago. Um, there was a state trooper that used to race at the racetrack. My dad built his car for him, and they were good friends. There was a party at his house after a race, mm-hmm. and I went to this party, and I started drinking. I had maybe two drinks, had a headache, so I wouldn't and lay down. We all had tents in the yard, and it was me and my girlfriend in the tent trying to sleep. And he came in there, clearly inebriated, which is obviously no excuse, no matter how inebriated you are. You know when no means no. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tried to force himself on me. Like, well, he initially walked into the tent, and he was like, who's in here? And my friend was like, well, I'm over here, and she's over there. And you could hear the footprints on the ground. Like, he ran to me, and he laid right on top of me, taking ooh, taking all my breath away. And um, it's like my dog knows I'm telling a sad story. He's going to be on me. Um, he took the breath, like, right out of me. This guy was built like a brick shit house. And, you know, I'm telling him, no, where's your wife? He's trying to unzip my pants and stick his hands up my shirt. And oh. I finally, I was able to bend my knee enough to get a little space. And I kind of slid out from under him. Um, and then he left the tent and he went and assaulted my friend. Jesus. So, um, and then after she turned him down and he left bruises on her, um, he came back and he tried again. But my boyfriend at the time was in the tent. Now, after the fact, because I continued, I I went back to sleep. Um, I don't want to say any names right now with this particular situation because the boyfriend I had at the time actually, instead of comforting me, used it as an excuse to sleep with me. So I ended up crying myself to sleep, and the next morning I find out that my friend was also assaulted, and she went and reported to the cops. And that resulted in me getting a phone call from the cops saying, you need to come here and make a statement or we're going to come and get you from your apartment building because it was no longer in my hands. I had no control over the situation. Yeah. That bravery that it took to report it did not come from me. 
that came from my friend because that was a friend of my dad and I would have never said anything. If we're being completely honest here, I would have never reported it. I would have moved on. It wouldn't have been the first time. But since the state decided to step in and press charges, there was nothing I could do about it anyways. But um, unfortunately, he ended up being able to get paid leave. He then was able to push the company back so he could get on disability for alcohol food. Um, and then he pushed it again so he could retire with benefits, drew it out over two years, and then all he got was a slap on the wrist. He got a little bit of probation, a couple of years of reporting himself as an offender, and I just found out like a month ago maybe that he's not on probation anymore and he is free to reapply for the enforcement now. Oh my God. Uh, How disgusting is that? Yeah, no, that's that's unbelievably fucked up. I not a big fan of cops myself, and it's right. not. And well, it's, he's it's also not supposed to write us apology letters, and um, uh, yeah, we don't know either. And it's been five years at least. Yeah, I saw that post that you made uh, about, and I commented on it. You know, you're like, should I should I take this letter? Should I, you know, that he wrote and the court officer is trying to get me to come pick up. And I'm like, absolutely not. You do not want that fucking, no. He is not fucking sorry. There's no fucking way he's sorry. Like, it, yeah, so I was triggered. <laughs> I was triggered. Sorry. And I know that because, yeah. first of all, during his probation, he would drive past the other girl's house. He would go to her husband's work. I see him all the time at my local Walmart and he smirks at me. And walks by all slow, like he's so smug because he got away with it. Yeah, I uh, I had a bad experience with uh, a guy that worked for the sheriff's department in uh, in a town that I was living in in Texas called Denton. Uh, it's uh, just north of Dallas, and we had look. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, this um, these these guys they were drinking and um the one there it was this this guy that worked for the sheriff's department and i don't know his role there you know exactly but i knew he worked for the sheriff's department as an officer and he and his brother were were both drunk his brother punched me in the back of the head when i was talking to my friend sonny uh and like, and I, this was, this was how I met Sonny. So like, I just met this girl and we're talking and then she's like, Hey, uh, you know, let's, let's go out here. And so we walk out and then, um, and this guy just comes up behind me and punches me in the back of the head. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I turn around and I got hit in the face <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, and, and then I, I laid this dude out while his brother was the one that worked for the sheriff's department. He was like, what'd you hit my brother for? And I'm like, dude, he just fucking hit me twice. He fucking, I'm like, I don't even know this guy. He just fucking hit me. And, and then, you know, and so then this kid got up off the floor and then punched me from the side, like right across the nose. And it, I like my whole fucking nose just like slid over 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so you can't see anything when that happens because your eyes are just full of tears and blood is shooting out of my face. Like not even kidding, just like spraying out of my fucking face. Then they rushed me to the ground and kicked me in the head like close to 30 times. I think I, I think the actual because uh, I just sat there and I just counted, <laughs> you know, I was like curled oh up in a God. ball on the floor. They're stomping me in the back, they're kicking me in the face. Yeah, count the hits. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, OCD. So <laughs> fucking Rain Man over here. <laughs> One, two, <three. laughs> this guy kicked in the face twenty six times. Yay! <laughs> but uh, I yeah, I I got up and I spit blood on him, and then. Uh, I knew somebody that I knew somebody that knew who they were. Um, and I called him the next day and I said, Hey, you want to tell this guy to go get himself checked because I have hepatitis, <laughs> which I didn't have. <laughs> oh I, I didn't have hepatitis. I did, still don't, but I just, I just had to tell him something fucked up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he said they were that all freaking so out. He said they all freaked out because, I mean, they had my blood all over them. So, you know. Right. And I spit it on them, too. And I said, fuck you. Got up and walked away. Barely. Um, but, yeah. So, no, I've not had a good experience with police officers. There there are some that I have had good experiences with. Um, but uh, very, but it's, it's, not, it, it's not a lot. You know, yeah, I, I well, didn't have record, a... I didn't say a name because all was said and done, and I'm not entirely sure that I could get nailed with defamation of character or something like that, so that's why I didn't name I don't it. Know. I, I don't but know. But if you're I, working I, with I mean, definitely names. You got these, all these level three sex offenders that get housed up here, you know. Next to the park, yeah. You know, so why, you know, why, I, I don't think, I, I mean, fuck it, say their name. Minnesota's laws on those cases are absolutely disgusting. I have a family member who used to work with people that were offenders, mm -hmm. um, and they all lived in this house, and they were able to go for outings, and their staff would have to take them to, like, Oregon Pit, where all the kids swim, or walking through Bennett Park, where the kids play and they're all housed near the net park where the kids play. Yeah. It's just. Insane. Yeah, that's fucked up. There's, uh, we actually had that's a guy. Like that. That's not a disability. Yeah, we actually that's had a guy come. We actually had a guy come stay at the hotel when I worked at the Holiday Inn Express. Um, it was this, uh, and I didn't know who he was. My boss was the one that pointed him out to me, and they were like, hey, you see those guys? And, you know, it was two guys, and they were in the hot tub suite together, which, whatever. But one of them was a level three sex offender, the one that went into, uh, uh, you probably have heard of this if you're, you're part of the Iron Range, what you know, uh, alert page or whatever. But um, the one that went oh, into the... So much drama over there. Yeah, the one that went into the Roosevelt uh, school uh, and during school hours like this guy had gone in there and he sexually assaulted a little boy in the bathroom so i did not hear that oh yeah so and yeah and and i was oh man i was so just creeped out and weirded out <laughs> like just i'm like do we have to let him stay here <laughs> like do we have, right. you know because we just send them all to an island 
where they can just molest each other. Oh, well, they actually have they actually have places like that. Uh, they um, and I'm not talking about Ep Epstein's island, but it's. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, that's uh, actually the, you see my hat here, the Time Suck hat. Um, Dan Cummins covered that on one of his episodes. Uh, and I think it was called Pedophile Island or something. But there's, there's, uh, there are communities in certain places where they have, um, yeah, where it's just all sex offenders. And but that's like, they're like their own commune, right? Like the yeah. Can we just send them there? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently not. And, you know, as far as when it comes to like law enforcement and stuff, they, they say that the ones that um, that you should the, the registered ones usually aren't the ones that you have to worry about. Um, it's the unregistered ones, you know, and and what yeah. does that mean? Because half of these motherfuckers haven't even been caught yet, you know, so I uh, yeah. Well, no. that's that's I'm sure in a huge part due to victim shaming. I mean, yeah. I went through that when I went Why through my you? stuff. They never named my name. Yeah. But I saw, you know, when people posted the article, because what happened to me was actually in the news because it was a cop. Um, the Duluth News Tribune article was absolutely disgusting. They used exact quotes from our statements and everything. But the comments under those posts were disgusting. Like, oh, I know him. He would never do that. These girls are doing it for money. We didn't get any money. Why would we get money? Yeah, no, it like, costs you money. It costs you money. It costs you money because you need therapy just now. Us yeah. seem like the black people. What were you wearing? How much did you have to drink? Like, excuse me, I had two drinks and had a headache. I went to sleep. I was wearing shorts and a tank top because I'm allergic to heat. Like, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah. That's, that's, and that was women shaming women. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, you know, I, I saw a lot of that happening with this, uh, you know, people that are uh, Trump supporters and stuff, you know, not to turn this political, but there's, it's like, how can you vote for this guy? <laughs> like, how can you, how can you stand behind a guy that like, oh, well, we'll just forgive all the, you know, all the rape accusations and you know all that stuff like we'll just forgive it because everybody makes mistakes you know i'm like right well, I, the sexual assault uh, hmm. the adultery the yeah. fraudulent things the failed business yeah. <laughs> the failed country yeah <laughs> he's rich we love him yeah yeah it's oh it's really sick but um yeah, no, it's, I, I, I still, it just blows my mind. And then um, one of the things that I listened to recently um, was uh, a podcast about, uh, actually it was the one uh, uh, it, that I made a video of uh, a few days ago about having secrets. The guy that, you know, I just used a small excerpt from that episode, but uh, the guy that he was interviewing talked about that, talked about, uh, how, um, how people lie and keep secrets from their partners, especially in regards to political things, you know? So you might have somebody that's a, a staunch, you know, a Republican that actually votes Democrat because they're afraid of what their family is going to think if they actually tell them 
who what they really believe, what they really feel, you know. And and I, get, I totally feel that. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I get disowned, it. I disowned my own family members for having different political views, but it's not just the political views. It's the morality of it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to vote against my rights and my gay brother's rights and my possibly trans daughter's rights, I don't have room for you in my life. That's yeah. just, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I had to cut out a lot of people too. And I'm not, uh, I don't have a lot of people blocked on Facebook. I think I only have like a few, uh, most, most of them are catfish profiles that would just keep messaging me. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> which is super weird. It's like, why, what, like, I, I love reverse image searching on, <laughs> like, <laughs> on people's profile pictures and stuff because it, like, you know, especially for my Mac, like it's super easy. It's way easier to reverse image search something on my Mac than it is on my phone, you know, but right. um, it's like somebody messaged me the other day and I, I called them out on it. It was, uh, you know, and I, I just said, man, what, what the fuck is this? It's a, it, it was like somebody that didn't have anything on their profile. Really? We didn't have any friends in common, you know, like, it looked like it might have been an actual person just because it, a lot of times I'll get like a – because my, my profile is public, I'll get a friend request from an obvious catfish profile. You know, so it'll be like a girl like wearing a UMD shirt. Like that, this one actually happened. Like somebody wearing a UMD sweater, you know, some blonde chick. But then all her friends had like these crazy, you know, names that were obviously from – you know, they were obviously friends with nothing but Nigerian princes or something. So I was just yeah. like, I was like, what? This is not, I'm like, this is fake. And then I report it and they're just like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. <laughs> Thanks, Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, just I look. I have so many people in my blocked, I just looked at it the other day. I have a huge list of people blocked on my social media and it's all um, fake profiles and scammers um yeah. men that sent dick pics first and just random things like that just the men who <laughs> go in your dms and they're like hey yeah. hey yeah, hey like, hey <laughs> like, like i i don't i don't understand why you don't like unsolicited dick pics <laughs> the first thing in the morning <laughs> like that's i feel so i just i you know i wish i felt that wanted Jesus Christ. There's, there's a difference <laughs> in waking up to moving wood. <laughs> yeah. And then on your phone. Yeah. Like, I, in the morning, I, I wake up and there's one of those on my phone. I need to have my coffee before I engage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I mean, I know it happens and I know it happens way too often. And then to have you know, a daughter and a sister and, you know, and a mom and a, you know, like, and a baby mom. Actually, somebody, I remember somebody had sent me, uh, or had sent my, my, you know, one of my exes, um, a picture of like, they had her, uh, profile pic up on, or like a picture that she had posted on Facebook up on like a mobile device. And then, took a picture with another mobile device 
next is dick. And I just like, I was so fucking mad. I was, I was like beyond pissed, even though we weren't together anymore. I you was could just tell like, that, that person there was a flatterer at heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh my God. They meant well. Fuck, fuck is wrong with people. That's bold. Yeah, I'll give them that. I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. My I, favorite part about Instagram is that when that stuff hits my DMs, it does like the the foggy screen or whatever, so you can't see the picture until you click on it. So I just know not to click on it. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't, even if you did click on it, there's probably a good chance you couldn't see it anyway, you know? <laughs> uh, God. I just, it, it just blows my mind. I don't, uh, like this whole incel thing that's happening now. Um, and I guess it's, it's been happening for a long time because now it's just getting, it, now, now light is just getting, you know, it's coming out, you know? Uh, yeah. And a lot of them are true patriot incels, you know? Like, <laughs> gonna download me a parlor app and send some dick pics. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I just can't. Parlor. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Somebody in my just family. No. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in my family actually sent me a, a link to MAGA book. And uh, I was just like, oh, like, dude. Oh my gosh. Really? You think I'm going to. Yeah. They're, uh, they're kind of like the reason behind leaving Facebook and joining MAGA book was because Facebook was becoming too political. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then sent me a link to Maga book, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Just, uh, no. I, you know what? I think I'd rather get a dick pic than a fucking Maga book <laughs> link. So. <laughs> I got some. I can send you one. Oh, great. <laughs> I bet you have a really nice no. dick. <laughs> I could be ready. I could probably make. Like a deck of cards with a different one on each card. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> As, oh, God. I'm sorry that happens to you. I'm sorry that happens to anybody. It's it's, uh, it's not good. It's you funny, know? though. It's funny. I never had that well, problem until I changed my relationship status. Oh, like, I didn't okay. even change it. I just hit it. Yeah. And then literally the same day, I had, like... 10 guys a day adding me on Facebook. And of course I'm at the point in my life where I'm going to click on your profile picture. I'm going to go to your profile. I'm going to scroll yeah. your stuff. If you're a fake account, absolutely not. If you have Trump stuff on your page, absolutely. Not. Like yeah. I, I'm just so over all of that. So literally only a small percentage of those people made it through. But it's just funny when you, as a female, when you don't have your relationship status, they just assume you're single anyways, and they add you, and they're all over your stuff. Or they don't even look at your stuff before they message you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, my, they're all over my Facebook, and they're all like, hey, pretty lady, like, you have babies, and I'm just like, um, no, I've got plenty. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll send you a link later on. Uh, I posted it on... Uh, <clears throat> I can't remember. It was well. It was in that. Yeah, but no, it's a. It's you. You may have actually seen it. This uh, this guy named Hobie Benjamin, who's a DJ, made a song based on like thirsty Indian dudes, like. <laughs> 
we're like. I'm sure it's a bop. Oh, yeah, no, it's actually, it's fucking hilarious. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I, that's kind of what I felt like when I got this, the you know, this friend request. And then, okay, like, I'm cool with, you know, accepting somebody's friend request or even giving a friend request. But what I'm not cool with is when you do that and then they're immediately in your DMs like, hey, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. even as a guy, you know, I'm like, that's fucking weird. Why, why, right. why are you trying to talk to me? You don't even, I can't even tell where you live at because it's not posted on your profile, you know, but it's like if it was somebody local and we had friends in common and then they were like, hey, you know, I would, right. I would probably target. like respond and I did respond but after I checked out the profile after I checked out their page and I'm like I was like oh because they asked me for a picture and I was just like they were like hey can you send me a pic of yourself and I'm like what (laughs) I was like so I looked at their pictures online and one of them was uh one of them that they had posted was like out of like the few posts that were on there um like was a I reverse image searched it and it's uh, a porn star, you know. And I'm like, okay. And then the profile picture itself and the and the uh, the picture for the page was the same picture, and it looked like it was taken like in a public place or at a workplace, and there was a woman sitting at a desk like working on her computer on her laptop or at a table maybe. You know, but just a woman working on her laptop and the picture was from behind, like was taken from behind at some, you know, at an angle where somebody was standing. And so I was like, you're asking me for a picture. I was like, let's talk about your fucked up ass pictures. I'm like, it does not look like this lady gave her consent to be fucking photographed. Are you just taking pictures of random people and like in public or are you just creeping on coworkers or what are you doing, man? I was like, based on everything that I see on your profile, my guess is you're a male, even though you're going by the name of Wendy, (laughs) you know, like I was like, my guess is that you're a male and that this is a catfish profile and you go get some help, bro. Yeah. I just had a a real person who lives somewhere close to me. Um, (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm gonna slide into your DMs because you liked a bunch of my comments. Okay, you've been on my Facebook long yeah. enough. You know I like every comment. <laughs> the two comments that I liked from this person were on the same thing, but then he's like immediately in my DMs, like hitting on me, turned down three times, and then he's like, "Yeah, I like to backwalk in. Like, I just want to be friends now." <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how long we were friends on Facebook before I ever messaged you. You know, I'm like, we had, you know, uh, had interactions and comments on things, you know, like, uh, or threads or whatever. But, um, yeah, like, it wasn't until I just, what, this last this last week actually messaged you, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, will you right. do this? You, you interested in doing an episode for my podcast? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying like, don't 
don't message me to like the general public. Absolutely yeah. message me. I like I'm a people person. I will talk to anybody. Right. I'm just not interested in um first and foremost, I'm not interested in dick pics. Um and second of all, I don't wanna be thought of in a romantic way right now. Like I'm just doing me and I'm concentrating on myself. And that's all I need right now. I mean, obviously, any human contact, especially with quarantine, like, well, not quarantine, but the pandemic. Like, yeah. I want conversation with people. I want to meet new people. I just don't want to date anyone or yeah, be a victim of the dick pics. <laughs> I have, well, you know, like, part of my diagnosis and stuff is, well, you know, like, I'm bipolar, borderline personality disorder. But um, I'm also a, a hypersexed individual, and I'm, you know, not not so much as as I used to be, you know. But uh, in I had a conversation with my therapist this last Wednesday, and she had mentioned that her that her sister is just like me, very you know, like similar diagnosis, similar things, and she was like, she she goes, she's basically you with tits. And if you two got together, it would be a fucking nightmare. She was like, <laughs> she was like you know, she was like, you guys would fuck like rabbits, and then you'd like spiral out into these fucking depressive episodes. <laughs> you know? It's like reproduce like rabbits. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and that's kind Thank of God for vasectomies, right? Uh, I should have had one. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, but uh, I. That's that was one of the things that kind of bummed me out, though, was that uh, about this last relationship, because at, in the beginning, I thought I thought she was like a similar type. Um, but it turns out that she wasn't. She it was just like the beginning of our relationship. And, you know, and everybody wants. You know, Honeymoon phase. Yeah. And and um, and I remember her telling me, you know, like, it doesn't always have to be like this, you know, where it's like. You know, and I'm like, but why, why not? not? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, why? Why doesn't it? Like, I, I'm up, to, I'm up for the challenge. If I, you know, oh, like honeymoon, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I was like, if you're, you know, I'm sorry, your coworkers have to see you like in a wheelchair now, but <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, and then it, you know, and then things started to change. Well, now, now that the relationship has ended, I look back at it. It's like, man, I wish, I, I wish it hadn't cost me the relationship to figure this out, you know, um, because she's, she was, she was an amazing partner, and she was really supportive and really caring. I guess up until the point where she couldn't be anymore, you know. Um, and it sucks, man. It, it's, it's, that's, that's a, how it goes. Yeah. You're always, everything you need to be until you just can't be anymore. Yeah. Um, that's why the relationship end. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, maybe something will be different in the future. Who knows? But she had this effect on me that I've never had, a, you know, from, a, from another partner. And that was just when she was okay. Or, or well, I'm sorry. I, I felt okay when she was around. When she wasn't around, I didn't feel okay. And it's not fair to her because 
she, you know, she deserves a partner that's going to be okay when she's not fucking, when she's just not around, you know? Um, right. But, and it, it was almost like an addiction, you know, I'm like, I got addicted to that feeling, that comfort feeling, that nurturing feeling that I got from her, you know? And then when it was gone, it was like, here I am just, just a frazzled piece of shit, you know, <laughs> like I can't, I can't even like ADHD to the point where I couldn't even I fucking. Bad. It was the same way. I mean, we were basically the same person, so we were, like, addicted to each other. Um, when we first got together, he had a job where he was traveling, and that was hard. Like, it was hard being separate from him. Um, like, I was okay by myself, but just when you find somebody that you have that bond with where it's, like, addicting, and then, like, after the fact, I mean, like, he died, and I obviously there was nothing I could do about that, about losing him. So, I mean, I'm still not over it. That's, I mean, with my husband that I separated with, all I was doing was comparing him to Monty, and that wasn't fair for anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, that in his Trumpism is why we were finito. But it's that addiction that's hard. It's hard when it's a person. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's hard when it's a thing, but when it's a person, I feel like it's worse. Yeah, definitely. It is. So, so your ex is a is a staunch Trump supporter, huh? <laughs> How- At first, I thought it was just to piss me off. Um, but then he would like go out of his way to defend him to me, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, you have a daughter, be better. Yeah. In In videos, yeah, yeah. I, He's against uh, everything that my daughter is. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically why I cut off a lot of people that I did unfollowed, unfriended. Um, I actually had somebody on my friends list that I met through church and worked at this event with. Um, that was at the the Capitol that day, and I had I was just like. She, she was posting a live video. We're going up to the Capitol now. And I'm like, did somebody report her? Uh, I don't. Because they're looking for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't think she went in the Capitol. I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked, but uh, like maybe I should. Well, they're looking for anybody who was a part of it. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Well, she posted her Facebook Live video. I'm sure they have a record of it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was just like, I can't believe. It, really what it says to me is that you just do not give a shit about anybody other than yourself. Other than you yourself. Know. Yeah. Right. Like you don't care. You could say that you're, you know, that, that you're, you know, you voted for him for pro-life reasons or whatever. I get that because as, you know, as a father, I'm very much pro-life when it comes to my babies, you know, but because my if I'm being real though I feel like the whole pro-life thing oh. is a ploy just to oh, put yeah. the parties against each other oh, yeah. because it ultimately is. we want the same thing yeah it is I mean, it really Democrats is Democrats don't kill babies yeah. but there's an overpopulation there's so many kids in foster care and that are homeless and you know that die from neglect I mean yeah, we all want the kid. same thing I have some cousins that are really amazing 
and they have uh, they they've adopted two boys from China, both with health problems, um, and they're amazing, amazing parents, amazing people, and uh, <clears throat> you know, so I'm like, there are things that that good people are doing, you know, <laughs> like adoption. Yeah, I have thing. a boss actually. I work at a private practice, and I have a one of my doctors I work with actually has. Ugh, I don't even know how many he's adopted um, kids from other countries. He's got like a couple sets of siblings, oh, you know, and he's a doctor, so he can afford to give them shelter and food and put them through college. And yeah, he's doing awesome. his work for humanity, and he's one of my favorite people. Have you ever heard of Ishmael Bay? I think is how you pronounce his name. He wrote a book. Uh, called memoirs of a boy soldier and it is it man i somebody gave me that book and um or i think starbucks had it and you can, I, I don't remember where it was i saw it at starbucks but i think somebody yeah uh, i saw it at starbucks but somebody actually gave me the book and i'm like oh yeah i saw this at starbucks you know and, and i read it it's about this kid from uh i think he's from nigeria or I don't want to say it. Like, I don't, um, Sierra Leone, that's where he was from. And, uh, so sorry, anybody that's from Nigeria and listening, <laughs> Just, uh, but, um, he's from Sierra Leone. His family was killed in the civil war that they had. And he was basically kidnapped into this cult, you know, into this, you know, the, the RAF or whatever it was called, the rebel Alliance forces or something and um committed all this all, all these atrocities based on just being a, a soldier addicted to you know a cocaine and they, they they actually gave the kids these little kids like some younger than 12 i think you know um they were giving them like cocaine and gunpowder and making them snort it and they called it oh brown and then they give them Assault rifles and have them go wipe out villages, like complete total villages, like annihilate all these people in there, just mass genocide, you know, and um, oh, and he got rescued. He got he somebody rescued him out of that, and uh, and that is horrifying to think about. Oh my god! At such at a young at such a young age, having to do that, uh, yeah. I need to broaden my horizon. Really, the only books that I read are about aliens. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, somebody. <laughs> yeah, somebody. So, somebody had uh, had rescued this kid and brought him over to America, and uh, got him schooling. Sent it, like even paid for his college and stuff. And now he's, um, I mean, you know, he's he's, he's quite quite well known. I think now, um, just from his right, you know, just from his books and stuff. But, Where uh, was he adopted in like Sweden or something like that? Uh, yeah, something I I don't know. I feel like I heard this story from yeah. NPR. Yeah, you probably have. It's uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember who but adopted. He just got accepted to college recently, didn't he? No, no, no. This was a this was a while ago. So I read this book in uh, I think 2010. So okay, yeah. So there's another similar situation somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. I just heard I'm like sure. a week ago about the story. Somebody was adopted out of asylum and yeah, actually got accepted to 
I can't remember what college, but a really big one, like Stanford or Brown or something like that. Wow. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And you know, it's, it's so sad is those, you know, a lot of these people that, that get caught up into that stuff there, they do have the potential to become doctors, to become, you know, to, to, to become scientists, to become engineers, to, you know, things that can actually right. benefit humanity, you know, and it's all just getting wasted, you know, mm-hmm. for greed. Absolutely. It's There's all a lot of wasted potential. Yeah. No, fuck. I have wasted potential. I wasted my potential for 40 years. So (laughs) I didn't, I, I didn't, I, you know, I, I'm grateful for every experience that I had minus the one with the cops. So (laughs) I could go. I I, regret some things for sure. I know I've got potential, but I feel like I'm using it now. So yeah, I think you are. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally okay. <laughs> oh well, at least when I stopped taking that one medication, I, I had a bad reaction to a medication uh, recently that I've been put on, and it took about two months to build up in my system, and then, and and that was, that's that was kind of the, it definitely had played a role in in the breakup, I think, but uh, because it was giving me anxiety, it was giving me. Like, uh, my heartbeat was constantly racing. Um, I had so many adverse reactions from that medication that all just kind of like, that kind of creeped up on me all of a sudden. And then I'm just a fucking neurotic mess and I can't, you know, and then she couldn't deal with it. (laughs) You know, no, fuck this. (laughs) You can't deal with it. You can't expect anything else. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, so yeah, no, I, um, I care about her very much still. And, and, and even if, you know, even if just as friends, like she, all my, all my exes deserve financial compensation at some point. So (laughs) (laughs) I deserve financial compensation from all my exes. You definitely do. (laughs) If I ever, (laughs) if I ever hit, if I ever hit the jackpot or, you know, ever become successful enough to do what the rock did for his buddy, like Dwayne, the rock Johnson, I just saw that he bought this guy a truck that uh, that had taken him in when he was homeless, when he was 16, you know, and he he never forgot it. Yeah, he's that guy. He seems like one of the nicest fucking dudes ever. But uh, he yeah, he went back and bought this guy that that took him in when he was 16 and he bought him a, a brand new truck. And, you know, I would love to be able okay, to. So like if you were to hit the jackpot. What is one nice thing for somebody else that you would do? Well, I would buy her a purple truck. I'd buy my, I'd buy baby mama whatever the fuck she wants because <laughs> she deserves it. People that, I mean, she raised the kids. I, I didn't want to get divorced. I knew I needed help, you know, and had gone into this year-long treatment program. And, uh, you know, and it was while I was in there that she divorced me and, or that we divorced. I didn't. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to put the blame on her because I don't blame her for not wanting to put up with my bullshit anymore. But um, accountability. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I always had hoped that we would be able to, you know, to to fix things. Didn't happen. You know. You know but, exactly what I would do. Now that I've been thinking thinking about it for like five seconds, I would give half of it to my parents just for being my parents. Yeah. 
And then I would buy my brother and my sister-in-law a house right next door. And then I think I would buy my littlest brother, um, plug here, Vinny Anderson. He's an amazing drummer. His own studio, because he deserves it. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I, I would definitely, but not, I mean, you know, that's just like the people that are in my life, you know? Um, but I would also, you know, give a lot of it away probably if it was like a jackpot type situation. It's like, Oh, now I'm a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would have no problem giving most of that to my parents. Yeah. My I, parents are the greatest people in the universe. They made me come on. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am the spitting image of my dad just with red hair and boots. Oh. <laughs> must, yeah. He must be pretty cute. No. <laughs> Is he single? No. <laughs> I, I don't think my mom's willing to share. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's what my sister says about me, too. She was like, so my sister did a face swap. <laughs> my sister did a face swap of me and her. And then she was just like, it didn't change anything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did that thing on Snapchat where it changes females to males and oh, males yeah. to females. The male version of me looked just like my dad. I had to send it to him. I'm like, if this isn't proof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that's what it actually was. I, I don't think it was the face swap. I think it was the, the gender thing on Snapchat or whatever. I but. do a face swap with my mom though, and it was uncanny also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this is a blast. I hope we can do this again sometime. Or, you know, if you're up to it, uh, if you see me on Facebook Live, you want to join in, say hey. Because <laughs> hey, we can do it. Like, Anytime. I appreciate you asking me to do this. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. You got a lot of great stories. And I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of you for overcoming so much, you know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, you know how long it took me to learn how to accept compliments? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably as long as it took me. Uh, I <laughs> I remember when I was in, you know, I mentioned this, uh, that, that year-long treatment program I was in. Um, one day we were talking about, uh, we were in this class. So the class always happened at the, you know, in the beginning, like right in the morning. You know, I think class started at like eight or nine or something. And um, we had... And uh, the lady that was teaching the class was talking about positive reinforcement. And then I was like, oh, why don't – I'm like, yeah, that would have been nice. It would have been nice to have positive yeah, reinforcement. Why, did I like, why didn't I get that? <laughs> and so then I'm like – you know, they had this – like later on that day, they had – like because we were actually st still building the building at that point. Um they like somebody gave me a like a can of paint and said, "Hey, go paint that radiator in the stairwell, you know, or those two radiators in the stairwell or whatever." And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, "Yeah, okay." So I'm like painting this fucking radiator, you know. <laughs> and this guy comes by and he's like, "He's like, wow, you're doing a great job." And I'm like, "Whatever." Yeah, you know, I was like, anybody <laughs> could do this. I'm like, I'm just painting a fucking radiator. I'm like, literally, any a, a monkey could fucking do this. You know, like you just put a paintbrush in his hand and he'll fucking do it. And he's like, yeah, 
He was like, oh, well, okay. And then I'm just sitting there painting and then somebody else comes along. And uh, I think it was the, the lady that worked at the front desk. And then she's just like, she's like, wow, you're doing a really great job. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Anybody could do this. <laughs> and she's like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I don't know anything about this stuff like that. And I'm just like, okay. And then, and then I, and then I realized what I was doing. You know, it was like, I was finally getting like the universe had opened up these, you know, this, this uh, opportunity for me to get positive reinforcement after I just complained that I wasn't ever getting positive reinforcement. And it showed me that anytime somebody did give me that, I was rejecting it. You know, like my immediate thought was like, I don't deserve, you know, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve compliments because I'm not good enough or I don't, you know, and I'm, my brain is going now a thousand miles an hour because it's like, Oh, well, what else does this apply to? <laughs> How else yeah, can you apply this to bullshit? To that you're worthy. Yeah. Like afraid to me. Yeah. So, Yeah. But yes, so I'm glad you can accept the compliment. I can too. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not fishing for compliments. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for doing this with me. And I meant it when I said that you're one of my favorite people right now. So yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, have a good night, hon. You too. All right, bye. Bye. Hey everybody. I just wanted to thank you once again for listening. If you can think of anyone in your family, uh, circle of friends, coworkers, uh, whatever, if you know somebody that, that may have gone through similar struggles or might currently be struggling, uh, please, uh, if you think that, that, that listening to this might be helpful to them in some way, please share it with them. Please uh, just let people know I'm I'm not after your money, you know I uh, I haven't even made a PayPal account yet, but uh, it it might happen. I would like to see this turn into something sustainable if I can. Uh, but I, the the main goal is to help people. Right now, the podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and I will let you know as soon as it is available on other platforms. Right now, uh, iTunes and a couple other ones are still pending. If you would like to be a guest on the show, just send me an email at dissociatedpresspodcast at outlook.com or you can uh, contact me through the Facebook page. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Remember, there is only one of you and you are my favorite. We'll be